Good evening, it's 7 o'clock. Welcome to our Sycamore Township trustee meeting for Thursday, October the 1st, 2020. Tonight, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we are following rules set down by our governor. We're practicing social distancing. Each of us had our temperature taken as we entered the building. If we would now please rise for tonight's invocation, here's our Vice Chairman of Trustees, Mr. Tom James. Thank you. Lord, please grant and infuse us and all of those in our community and our nation with wisdom, strength, civility, fairness, empathy, and a sense of grace in our everyday lives and also as we go about doing the business of the public here in Sycamore Township. We all need more of those things. Amen. Please remain standing for our Pledge to the Flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Let the record show that all three trustees are here, Mr. Weedman. Mr. James and me, Jim Barbara. We have a very special proclamation tonight, and with that, here is Skylar Miller from our Zoning Department, Planning Department. Skylar? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, so just a, a quick story about how this all, all came about. Uh, Danny Lehan, one of our uh, maintenance, uh, maintenance department staff members uh, and um, uh, Deer Park Council members, he... Um, he brought this to my attention that, that we have uh, a gentleman in, in our township that is uh, um, turning 100 this month. And uh, we started talking about uh, his, his story and uh, his, his service to the country during World War II. And uh, the more we talked about it, the, you know, we wanted to recognize him in some way. Um, and we started talking to you know, the rest of the staff about it. Um, the, well, the more the more we talked about it, the more excited we got. Uh, I brought this to um, the trustees individually, and there was unanimous support for um, uh, celebrating Mr. Herbert Helbram um, uh, with with a proclamation. So um, this has just kind of been a a labor of love, so to speak, uh, with with everybody in the township that's. Um, the township staff and trustees that have supported this. Um, so, if I may, um, Skyler, we may have somebody. Come. Nope. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll keep talking a little bit about this. We, uh, uh, Danny, has been our point of contact with um, uh, Mr. Heilbrunn's family, and. Uh, this is Carol's so. wife. Oh, is this Carol? Yes. Carol Hybron is uh, wonderful. Uh, Glad you could make it. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to have you here tonight. Um, Skylar, would you give her the microphone? No, yes, absolutely. I don't want to you know what I talk? <laughs> I was a teacher. You can hear me. So <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pass my back yeah. would, would you like a chair? Yes. Okay. Come on in. Have a seat. Uh, so I, I was just I was just talking uh, to 
to, to the board and to the to, to our public uh, who we're streaming to right now uh, about how this project came to be how, how Danny brought this to my attention and uh, we started talking about this internally with the staff and with trustees and uh, it, it's been a true pleasure to work on this and um, uh, just an amazing opportunity to to honor your husband and um, and and recognize him for his service in his life so um, thank you for being here tonight and uh, um, thank you for this opportunity so if, if I may I'll read the proclamation absolutely okay. absolutely uh, a proclamation designating October 11th 2020 as Herbert M uh, Halbrun day whereas mr. Herbert M uh, Heilbrum is a Cincinnati native and resident of Sycamore Township, and whereas Mr. Heilbrum has served his country with st distinction, and whereas during World War II Mr. Heilbrum served as a bomber pilot, and whereas he flew 35 successful missions over Europe, and whereas Herbert Heilbrum is a true American patriot and hero, and whereas Sycamore Township celebrates the life and accomplishments of Herbert Halbram, and whereas the board further wishes to recognize and honor Mr. Halbram and celebrate this great man on his 100th birthday. Now, therefore, in commendation of Mr. Herbert Halbram, the board hereby proclaims October 11th, 2020, as Herbert M. Halbram Day in Sycamore Township, passed unanimously this first day of October 2020. And I'll and make a motion to approve that. And I will second it. Vote, uh, Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LeBarbera. Aye. Okay. <laughs> Discuss discussion, comments. Um, yeah, I'd like there's to make a book. There, there's a book, I understand. Is yes. that correct? Yep. I'd like to make a comment. I met Herbie about 10 years ago through Daryl Hill and uh, mutual friends. And um, I can tell you, every time I was with Herbie, it was a real treat. Uh, uh, he autographed one of those books for me that I really treasure. And I just want to uh, thank him for his service and, and the great example he set for everybody in our community. Absolutely. I would also like to, I've known Herb for over 20 years. And he is really a real American hero. And you will not meet a finer gentleman or a better man than Herb. And it's, it's been a great pleasure to know him all these years. And we're all here today and have the freedoms we have because of the things men like him did for us. Absolutely. So here, here. Here, here. Here, here. What a wonderful story. Scholar, do you want to make the presentation? Uh, sure. You did the research. Yeah. And uh, Danny? Mm -hmm. Is that, yeah, picture she can there? come out here and get a picture. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. With the, the trustees. trustees. And, yeah. Yeah, that's... I just knocked my earring off with it. Uh, with it over there. Yeah, mask and earrings don't go well. Okay, everybody look. Okay. And I'll step out of the way and let, let you with the trustees if you want. Oh. 
We don't bite. What a great story. Um, we have new business. <laughs> we have new business planning and zoning administrator Skyler Miller. Yes, sir. Uh, give me one second. Let me switch gears here. Uh, so at uh, 6 p.m. tonight, uh, the board held the public hearing for, uh, excuse me, case number, where am I? Uh, case number 2020-05P2, uh, uh, Renovations LLC. Um, the, uh, I, I do have a... Uh, a working draft of a of a excuse me of a resolution uh, should the board choose to uh, move forward with an approval tonight it's in word format right now on your uh, on your screen so we can adjust um, any language that you see fit okay I'd like to make a motion to that we uh, pay, uh, we approve um, case number 2020-05 p2 with the September 24th revision Okay, the, the way Beth uh, worded this for us, uh, the condition section, any use and improvements made to the real property, which is the subject of this resolution, shall be constructed in complete compliance with the plans, specifications, and renderings submitted at the public hearing on October 1st, 2020. Okay, so um, I, will, I will amend my motion to, to include that language. Okay, and I, I think that covers the, the September That was 24th. the revision from, okay. Yep, I'm comfortable with that. And I'll call a second. You want to second it? I'll second it. I wasn't sure if you were done. And the vote, Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. And I'll, we'll just print this out and have it signed afterwards if that's okay. okay. That sounds good. Deepak, is that okay for you? Well, I was going to ask you so this is a resolution that was not part of the trustee packet that was sent out uh, yesterday. Is that correct? Uh, it was on the agenda, I believe. Okay. but not uh, the the resolution itself was not okay so um, what I would be more comfortable with is if we could go ahead and print this out mm -hmm. and then motion to approve the resolution itself as opposed to just an oral motion uh, because this is not something simple like directing somebody to take a look at a phone system for example this is <laughs> actually a resolution approving a uh, um, you know a zoning matter so right. Since we've got it, if we could do that, that's okay. You're not going to ask my opinion again in the future, are you? Always. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to hold up on this. Is that correct? Just for a moment for him to print it, I believe. Yep, I'm. I'm going to print it and uh, get it to you. Let's see. Okay. Skylar, do you want them to move on with the rest of the agenda and then come back to the resolution towards the end, or how would you like to do that? Uh, if you'd like, we can um, 
How about we do the resolution under my section? That'll, because um, I, I need to be here for uh, the public comment section that's coming up. Okay. Um, and then I can kind of step out and, and take care of the, the paperwork. And then we'll just revisit it under the planning and zoning report item yes, on the agenda. Can you print it from where you're at? I, I just printed it. I just got to go pick it up. To where? Uh, the 3070 right there in um, the, the middle. The little one. Deepak, you want me to put that up so you can look at the wording? Uh, no, I got a chance to take a peek at it here on the screen. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I just want the board to actually motion or um, um, motion to approve and then adopt the resolution. Yes, sir. We can talk about the Reds game today if you like. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe, uh, Ashley, so procedurally, maybe you and I need to, to talk offline. Um, you know, one thing that, that Mr. Warwick and I discussed is not having major delays because um, it's, it's, you know, if there were a referendum, you know, uh, portion or for permitting, um, <coughs> the... Uh, um, you know, if there's a referendum period, we don't want to wait until the next trustee meeting because uh, it's just further delaying the process out. You need to pass this so, to Deepak? You need to say Deepak? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you want me to read the uh, the, the actual title? Yeah, I mean, let's, <laughs> I'm just sorry. Do, let's just do it like we normally do. Go okay. ahead. And All right. Can you put it on the screen, too, at the same time? So Absolutely. The public can see it. Thanks. So, sorry, I'm trying to switch gears here. Okay, so I, I have an official resolution for you. Uh, a resolution approving a site plan for the Shell gas station development in Sycamore Township and dispensing with a second reading. Motion. Second. Comments? Questions? No, I think it's good improvement nope. to the uh, property. Mm -hmm. and, Mr. Weedman, vote. Well, and I, I will just note for the record here, actually, and should have done this earlier, we had a public hearing at 6 p.m., which was also live streamed, which some of the public may have watched, but many may have just tuned into the meeting here um, and uh, weighed the proposal there, took in input, of course didn't vote on it, but it seems like a good plan to improve the property there even more than what's there now. Okay, vote um, Mr. Wheatman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LaBarbera, aye. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Skyler. Uh, Fiscal Officer Rob Porter has the bills and receipts. Yes, we have receipts in the amount of $10,141,476.19, disbursements in the amount of $3,716,172.75. A complete listing of all receipts and disbursements is available in the packet. Motion to approve. Second. Questions? Uh, Comments? Just one comment and we can do this after we vote or before but we would like of course to get this on the website then as well as to the uh money in money out like we talked in a prior meeting okay so okay thanks the vote mr weedman aye mr james aye mr labarbera aye anything else mr porter not on that okay 
public comments. Uh, and again, members of the public who requested a Zoom meeting invite uh, will now be given the opportunity to participate remotely. We follow the rules set down by a previous board. Four minute time limit, not a time for a dialogue, or not a question and answer period. We could answer your question when you are through talking or during the trustees' comments, uh, but leave your contact information and someone will get back to you. Has anybody signed in? Skylar Miller. Uh, yes, sir. We have Mr. Jay Janis, Jr. Jay, can you hear me okay? Yes. Can everyone hear me? Uh, yep. We're good to go. Thank you. On September 21st, 2020, the Sycamore Township Board of Zoning Appeals had a, held a public Zoom meeting. Jim Eichwin is and was the presiding officer. At the conclusion of that meeting, at approximately the one-hour mark, linked off the communications, um, he waved some papers around indicating that he had received some communications um, from a group called Concerned Citizens of Sycamore Township. He said he found this information in, the, in this documents to be disturbing to me. That's his words. He went on to, to discuss this issue for over seven minutes to the, almost the complete end of the meeting. Um, keep in mind, this is a public meeting. To my knowledge, this particular issue what is and was um, innuendos, falsehoods, allegations. Regardless of the issue, it mentions my name, the two newest trustees, Thomas E. James Jr., James S. LaBarbera, and our new administrator, Raymond E. Ward Jr. Mr. Um, Eichmann asked the members of the uh, board, the commission, their thoughts and input. None of them offered anything. Um, the zoning department administrator, Director Miller, offered that he thought it built, if anybody had any issues, it best be addressed by the four elected officials of Sycamore Township, Ohio. I concurred. Regardless of the issue or the contents, personally, as a township resident, I am very offended. I think this is very inappropriate to bring up non-Board of Zoning Appeals issues in an open public meeting. What Mr. Eichmann does as a citizen, as a resident, before a meeting, after, his meet, after this type of meeting, is within, his, my opinion, his rights as freedom of speech. However, when he sits and that meeting is still going on as a chair and presiding officer, he is representing you, me, and all of us. I would like to see the trustees tonight. I believe this should call for his resignation based on this inappropriate behavior. You may wish to request he tender his resignation. If not, I would like to see the trustees immediately act on a motion that second a discernment and a request for an immediate public hearing. I, as a citizen, am willing to testify under oath that I find this behavior irresponsible, reprehensible, and very demeaning to this all in Sycamore Township, Ohio. If this is allowed to continue, be it from him or any appointee of a member of the commission on non-related items that have nothing to do in case zoning appeals pass, present or future cases, I think you're walking up a very uh, slippery slope. At the past Tuesday workshop, uh, 
trustee James directed law director Desai to look into issues related to in accordance with the Ohio Rise Code as to issues related to people that are appointed to boards or commissions in Ohio townships um, for um, issues if they are um, involving during their current term before the end of their term. Um, I think this is a very serious matter, needs immediate attention, and this should not be allowed to go on by anyone representing Sycamore Township at this time. Thank you for allowing me to speak. Anyone else uh, signed in? No, sir, that's it. I can tack on to that. Uh, <clears throat> I had an, an email. Thank you, Jay that I'll share with you. I was very upset watching the BZA board meeting last Monday. My wife is on the board, so I watched the Zoom meeting, and Jim Eichmann, the chairman, brought up the letter from concerned citizens of Sycamore Township. His statement including things like, the letter seemed true, and he spoke to someone who said it appears to be true. He also said the letter is damning. This went on for seven minutes. The BZA is not a political board, and this was totally inappropriate and irrelevant. And it was signed Glenn Hughes. Should be noted that Jim Eichmann is Tom Weedman's uh, campaign treasurer, finance treasurer. This sounds kind of political to me, but go ahead. It sounds absolutely political to me. Go ahead. No, he's saying that's that's my comment on it. Letter was sent to residents, and he took the opportunity to spend seven minutes and ten seconds talking about it in a, in a BZA meeting. I do have a comment as to this, and I'll simply note these are two additional public complaints, but not the first that I've heard as to this. I saw the tail end of the BZA meeting and went back and watched the video too, and I have to say that that behavior was stunningly political in a meeting of a board whose chairman, who made the statements, constantly says that they are an evidence-based body and they simply weigh the evidence, and then he did repeat rumors and innuendo and vouched for them as being true in the process. Some of it is libelous in the letter he was discussing. There is at least one statement in there which is explicitly untrue and provably so and defamatory. And he's opening up the township to potential liability by joining in with an attaboy on something a private group did. So I have to say I was quite disappointed to see that too and I'll be interested to hear Mr. Desai's uh, report later as to processes that might apply if there is cause to go forward. Okay. Um, any more comments? Sheriff's report. Um, Lieutenant Mike Tarr is not here tonight. We've got Corporal Smith. Uh, how is... Uh, kid. kid. Kid, I'm sorry. Corporal Kid. How is... How is uh, Mr. Tarr, Lieutenant Tarr? He's sore. Do you want to tell what happened? you want to update us on the progress? I'm not sure, sir. I'm not sure what happened this morning. I know he's involved in a crash, but that's about it. Involved in an automobile crash? Yes, sir. Okay. You know his condition at this hour? Or no, no, sir. No, no. You don't. Okay. Corporal Kidd, anything for us? No, sir. No report today. No report at all? Okay. Any questions for Corporal Kidd? Well, Chief Penny is here with the uh, 
EMS report, uh, fire report on the 25th anniversary. How about that of our the, fire department? Is that right? the 25th anniversary of the start of Sycamore Township Fire Department. And they, uh, if my memory recalls, we were compared to the 4,300 runs we make now, I think we we're somewhere around the 1,900 mark <laughs> when we started the department. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've grown quite a bit in the past. Um, a lot of, a lot of personnel in and out, a lot of uh, patients to the hospital, and a lot of people that had good times and bad times through this whole endure. So it's been quite a ride, <laughs> say the least. Happy birthday, Chief! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chief, we got your latest runs. Um, Chief, you the EMS runs are up by 17 from last month. The fire runs down by, by yeah. 13. Yeah, yeah you, I, I sent out the monthly report to you guys, so if you have any questions about it, please feel free to ask, but that's, that's all I have for the report. Okay, our roads and maintenance supervisor is Tracy Kellams. Now, Tracy's been here 38 years. Chief, how long have you been here? Well, I've been with the township for 25. So 25. Today's my anniversary, too. It's just a beginner. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on 44 years. With the department? With the, with, in the fire department. Whoa. I was 20-something years with the private company that got taken over, yeah. and turned into the township department. We probably need to get you a nice watch or something at some point. For that. <laughs> Matter of fact, there's one that came in the mail today, and it was eighty-six thousand dollars. Believe it or not, it was a watch. I don't know what company it was from, but it blew me away when I saw it. Oh. I mean, they had them from four thousand up, but this one I saw, which no, you didn't receive the watch. You received the booklet. The catalog. Had the watch. Oh, okay. Let's clarify that. Sorry, so I thought I would cut the watch. <laughs> I thought I would cut the watch out of the book and wrap around. Right? Yeah. That's it. I was figuring you spent CARES Act money on it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You got to tell time remotely. Exactly. Yeah. So all I have tonight, I have uh, two since Tuesday. There are things I have are two resolutions. So uh, the first one is a resolution establishing stop signs at the intersection of Brantford Court and Weatherfield Lane in Sycamore Township. Dispensing with the second reading, declaring an emergency. Motion. I'll second that. Okay, uh, and for comments, I'm going to read a, a letter that uh, that we board received from uh, the HOA to the Sycamore Township Trustees from Tom Brockman, Sturbridge Homeowners Association President. This letter is to advise to advise the trustees that the Sturbridge HOA Board recommends approval of the above resolution. The stop signs will enhance the pedestrian-friendly residential environment we desire and increase safety for the children in the neighborhood. We understand that our notification to the residents has been brief, but this has been discussed on Facebook for a while, and it appears that everyone is in agreement based upon our limited time frame. If the trustees need to wait until the next meeting to give formal approval, it might be considered so that, we, uh, that you may allow for additional comments from residents. Many thanks to Tom James and Jim LeBarber for their efforts in looking out for Sturbridge residents on a timely basis, and it's signed, uh, sincerely, Tom Brockman from the Sturbridge Homeowners Association. 
So I think maybe we can put it on hold. That's my thought, too. I, I think this is a very good idea, and I'd like to get it done, but one of the things I've wanted to try to do while we're here, while I'm here as a trustee now, is not to hurry through things when we don't need to. And there's been time for public comment here just very briefly in the neighborhood, overwhelmingly in favor, I will add, and I'm in favor of this proposal. But my thought, too, is perhaps we should wait until our next workshop to actually approve it. On the other hand, I have some questions for Mr. Kellams about that that might change my mind there, too. Assuming we were to approve this tonight, how quickly would stop signs go in? 30 days. Okay, so even if we approved it tonight, even it's not... Even if we approved tonight, it's 30 days before we take action. Okay. And so with that being said, I would defer to Mr. Desai. I mean, uh, now that we've been notified that people think there's a safety issue there, mm -hmm. and we are now prepared to pass this, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, you know, if we wait on this and something would happen, I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, you know, if we have liability there or not. Skyler, scroll towards the bottom of this resolution, please. Let, let me finish my thought, if I could, too. It's the question there, then. My question was geared toward would they go in before Halloween if we approved it tonight? And obviously, that's not really going to happen anyway. Uh, unlikely. Go in Halloween day. Yeah. Maybe. Well, that's so, Saturday. That's Saturday, so. Hmm. Okay. But that, okay. that is a legitimate point. And if. If there were to be a sudden outcry in the neighborhood saying stop, I, I suppose we could reconsider before they actually go in at our next meeting. So mm -hmm. with that said, I, I, I guess I'd be okay going forward tonight. But okay. I interrupted you. Yeah, just a couple things to, to Mr. Callum's question. Scholar, could you scroll to the bottom of this? Oh, sorry, sir. Keep going. Keep going. That's it? There should be a publication certification and publication with this. I think that was behind the next one in the packet. Maybe they were misplaced. There was one after the next resolution in there. For the uh, for the no parking? Oh. Uh, yeah. So with regard to stop signs, Tracy, do we typically not do publication? Uh, no, we typically do publication on all of them. Yeah, so, so that would be my thought is that even if um, it were passed tonight, uh, there is going to be um, publication of this and notice to the public. Okay. So just to your point about there being a relatively small window in, in terms of public comment, um, there is a, a mechanism to try to get the notice out there to public. Now, if you pass it, the fact that there's notice out there to the public doesn't stop the train from going down the tracks. Uh, as Tracy alluded, you know, we do often wait for a period of time, but the train is going down the tracks to reach that next stop. So if the concern is that there might be significant public outcry and the trustees want to give ample time to hear that, then maybe it would be wise to hold off until the 13th, October 13th of the next workshop. It doesn't sound like there is a lot of outcry. Yeah. No, there, there isn't. I mean, most people are sound like they support it. Yeah, right? mo yeah, everybody, well, everybody that posted yeah. right. supported it. The, the, only, the only hesitation I heard from <clears throat> anyone was there was one of the many residents in favor of it who really didn't want stop a three-way stop, just wanted a one-way stop. Okay. Uh, but I understand from what Mr. Kellum said before, a three-way would be necessary to meet traffic standards. Do that. Yeah. yeah. So. And yeah. My, my only concern would be we've been put on notice that some people think there's a safety problem there. Yeah. If people outcry, hey, you know, people that live down there, a couple of them said we don't want it, we don't put it up. 
you know, the, and something happens. Do, Who are the first people are going to come see? Yeah, do we, we have, do we have liability there because we've been notified by residents that they fear there's a safety issue? I mean, okay, it's, so not the, it's not the same issue because usually that comes up when you're notified about an issue with a road item, right? Okay. There, there's a Grand Canyon-sized pothole that's taken right. out frames, and, and you need to address that right away once you've given notice because we have a duty under your Ohio Revised Code uh, to keep the roads in good repair. Um, with a traffic control device that does not exist, right? If this was a traffic control device that existed and was in disrepair, then I'd be more concerned. Right. Okay. But given that there's no traffic control device there, um, the first I heard about this was two days ago at our September 29th meeting, which I presume is somewhat close in time to when the township was first alerted to the issue. I'm not concerned about safety issues, there's a process, or a uh, liability issue, there's a process we have to follow, um, we have to pass a resolution, we have to publish, um, the signs don't just magically appear out of the air, we have to get all that coordinated, you're certainly not going to set that up until the resolution is passed, so I'm not concerned about liability issues. Um, and you know, um, sounds like there could be support, and we do have a pending motion with a second on the floor to go ahead and pass the resolution. If there were to be some major issue that would come up between now and uh, when you might actually uh, start installing, the board at its 13th meeting could always reconsider the matter. So okay. I think with that, we're teed up to go forward if the board is so inclined. Okay, so we have a motion, we have a second, and now just a vote. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LeBibra. Aye. Thank you. Next, I have a uh, resolution designated no parking on a portion of Woodlawn Avenue in Sycamore Township dispensing with the second reading and declaring an emergency. Motion. Second. Any discussion? Tracy, could you repeat for the public in case someone's watching tonight or watches this meeting who didn't see our workshop what the reasoning behind this is, please? Well, the reasoning behind this is that a, a section of Woodlawn Avenue that is east of Beach Avenue, which is a narrow road. Uh, there's also ditches on both sides of the road. There are people parking there now on both sides of the street, and there's no way that you would be able to get emergency vehicles down that road with, with this going on right now. Okay, so call a vote. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. LeBiber? Aye. Trace, anything else? No, sir, that's it. I have one item. Um, I received a, uh, an email today from the gentleman that owns the, uh, the office building on Reading Road next to the Drake. Mm -hmm. And um, he informed me that City Council has passed a uh, resolution that they are going to uh, change the name of Reading Road uh, from downtown. We'll start at downtown and end at the intersection of Reading and Galbraith Road. They're changing the name of the road to Barack Obama Avenue. And uh, he was concerned because, of course, that'll, that will require his tenants to uh, change their their uh, uh, letterheads and everything else. It'll, it'll be costly. Um, in addition to that, I know it's a count, It's not a city road past that spot at Roselawn where, the, uh, where it meets Sycamore Township on one side and Reading on the other. And so I'm just kind of curious, do they have the ability to actually do that without, or is that a Reading, that might be a, a, a actually a Reading road because Reading is on the east side, Sycamore's on the west. And uh, I don't know if Reading approved. It's a approved, state highway where we're at. 
Yes. So I'm not sure if they had if they had approval to do that or or, or should it be stopping at the Roselawn border or uh, can you check into that and yeah, so I can get back to him? And, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's the first yeah. I heard of it as well. But he uh, sent me an email earlier today. Interesting. Yeah, I believe and that's they were going from where? From downtown to the intersection of Reading Road and Galbraith. Is it through Norwood in the middle too? Yeah. It does. Yeah. It just went through that. Yeah. So, is it going to change the names back to Reading and back to Barack Obama? They were talking about making it, the, the LW's report was President Barack Obama that, Avenue. That is actually correct. It's President Barack Obama Avenue. It's a lot to put on an envelope. It is. Yeah. As well and as our street sign. Yeah. And it's costly. It seems all your. So, if you look into that, uh, I would appreciate it. That's the only thing I have. All right. Trace, anything else? No, sir. That's all I have. Okay, so Scholar Miller is the head of our zoning department. We heard from you. Nothing else? Uh, just, we have something else. Uh, just one quick update. Uh, we do have a uh, another PUD, uh, PUD2 application coming in. Uh, this will, this is, well, my, it looked a lot better on the other screen. Hang on one second. <laughs> There we go. Uh, this is an uh, application for uh, Cherokee self storage at uh, 11573 Deerfield Road. This is actually um, al almost almost a neighbor to uh, uh, the fire department, but I think it's it's actually directly across from directly across from the park. Yeah, directly across mm -hmm. from the park. Cali Green Landscape. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the application coming in is uh, proposing a, uh, a self-storage building. Uh, this is kind of an interesting case because it's kind of hard to see on here, uh, but this is actually two parcels, and you can see the, uh, the, the boundary line between those two. Uh, the frontage along Deerfield is Sycamore Township. Uh, the rear part of this development uh, is Blue Ash. So, uh, I will be coordinating efforts with uh, the city um, uh, on this. Of course, uh, the, the, the public hearings for this are, are going to, uh, there, there's going to be parallel paths. Um, but from a zoning perspective, uh, our review, our jurisdiction is going to be you know, solely on our, uh, on our section. Uh, one consideration we may have to make is um, you know, shared parking. Uh, allowances uh, depending on what the what the final layout of this of this plan is so uh, this will be in front of the Zoning Commission on October 13th uh, which is a Tuesday uh, because of uh, um, because of Columbus Day on 12th uh, other than that uh, depending on the outcome of uh, that hearing it'll be uh, it'll be in front of this board uh, shortly thereafter I'll have to set that date so. And the structure sits in Sycamore Township, right? Yes, they were. Uh, you know, we, we did have a uh, an early meeting, and uh, they they were very cognizant of, of those issues, and uh, you know they, they kept um, any significant structures from from straddling that that property line. Okay. 
Okay, anything else? Any comments? Uh, questions? Question, question or comment about that or suggestion. Uh, mm -hmm. In this age of virtual meetings currently for zoning boards over Zoom, I, I don't know what Blue Ash is doing with that, but would there be any utility in having a joint meeting of some sort for joint presentation to each side to the um, discussion? So I, I am reaching out to Blue Ash, and uh, we, can, we, we can talk about coordinated efforts. Um, you know, I, I haven't checked with their, their hearing schedule just yet, um, but they'll, they'll be hearing this through October as well. Um, you know, I, th this is uncharted territory. I, I've never had a case where, um, you know, there was a coordinated effort between two communities on, on something like this. So this is a great exercise. Um, you know, as, as far as joint meetings, um, certainly with staff. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's necessary with, with uh, um, you know, the public bodies. So too many cooks at that point, perhaps. Yes, possibly. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what, what comes out of the, the coordinated staff meeting. Mm -hmm. So and that's a three story building. If I'm not mistaken. Isn't uh, yes, here I'll blow, I'll blow that up a little bit. What's our setback on the front? Looks like they got enough. What's required? Um, See, in this area, I want to say it's three stories. Yeah, they're showing they're showing a forty foot front yard setback. I, I think that actually meets code, so I'll have to I'll have to take a look at that. I think so, that I think that does also. Yeah, it's still it. You know, I'm still early in my review process, and this this site design has changed uh, somewhat. So, but this was this was just noticed that this is coming down the pipe. So there'll be there'll be a more thorough review uh, prior to uh, <coughs> prior to zoning commission, of course, and uh, a full report to the board when it's time. Said so Cherokee, do do they have anything else in the township? You know? Uh, no. I, I believe they have some things in the region, but I, I don't think not, they not have the anything in the township. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh -huh. All right. Uh, one, one, sorry. One other thing. Mr. Miller, you had mentioned to me some progress in getting the dead trees replaced on the landscape buffer over there by the North Creek Project. Yes, sir. Mountain. Thank you. So that, that buffer zone. Uh, so we actually made contact with the developer through, uh, through the attorneys, and they said they would make every effort to uh, replace those trees. Um, I was not given a, uh, an exact timeline, but I was told they would get on it right away. Okay. Good. Thank you. Thanks, Skyler. Our Lord Director is up next, Mr. Deepak Desai. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I was asked at the workshop meeting on September 29, 2020, uh, to look, look into um, uh, the provisions uh, of the revised code pertaining to removal of a member of the Board of Zoning Appeals and asked to provide a report at tonight's meeting, which I'm prepared to do now. Um, I'll make it short. Section uh, 519.13 of the revised code pertains to the Board of Zoning Appeals. Uh, subsection B of 519.13 states that removal of a member of the Board of Zoning Appeals may be had pursuant to the provisions of Section 519.04. 519.04 is the Zoning Commission and subsection B of that provision states that a member may be removed for non-performance of duty, misconduct in office, or other cause by the board. Once again, for non-performance of duty, 
misconduct in office or other cause by the board, the board being the Board of Trustees. Uh, the process, very simply, is written charges must be filed with the Board of Trustees against the uh, member of the BZA. Uh, a public hearing is required. Uh, at the end of that public hearing, uh, the Board of Trustees then makes its decision, uh, and the Board's decision may be appealed to the Hamilton County Court of Common Pleas as an administrative appeal under Revised Code uh, 2506. That concludes my report, sir. I, I do have a few questions. The, the causes noted in there, as you noted, are non-performance of uh, duties, misconduct in office, or other cause. Are there standards that apply to determining those things? Other cause is rather nebulous, for example. It is nebulous, and um, I did not endeavor uh, into researching what the courts have said constitutes other cause. Uh, if the board would like me to do that, I'd be happy to do that and report back at the October 13 workshop. Uh, but you're right, it is a very nebulous phrase. Okay, you and I can talk offline about that perhaps later. Um, the appeal to common pleas under the administrative appeal provisions, what's the standard of review that the common pleas court would look at there? The common pleas court looks to see whether it is unconstitutional, illegal, arbitrary, unreasonable, capricious, or unsupported by substantial and probative evidence, if I recall correctly. And I understand there's a suspension process that can apply for the member? Oh. While the oh. proceedings are, are, are taking place. Okay, thank you for looking into that. My pleasure. <clears throat> Any other questions? Deepak, anything else? Yes, sir. Thank you. Actually, I, I have one other question about something different, just to keep on your radar, or perhaps this has been done. I know early this year we talked about a deed that was supposed to be put in place to transfer property from the township to its CIC or vice versa alongside uh, or nearby President Barack Obama Boulevard, I suppose, as it may be soon here. Avenue. Is it Avenue or Boulevard? Or Avenue. 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 Uh, <laughs> you don't want to make it longer. But, <laughs> But had, uh, that deed was supposed to have been uh, taken care of years ago, I think, and the township, had, the trustees had resolved for that to happen, and it just hadn't been filed. Has that happened yet? And if not, can we, can we get that done to get that tidied up, please? Um, yeah, I'll look into that. I, honestly, I, I do recall that conversation. I don't recall the specifics of it. It may have been filed, but I will check on that, and I'll report back at the next meeting. Okay, thank you. Uh, since we're talking about that property, I'd like to add... Um, uh, you know, there, there has been some interest on that property uh, from, from multiple, um, uh, uh, well, multiple individuals. Uh, so I, I've, I've kind of kept a close eye with that as well as worked with the, uh, the Reading Road Corridor uh, Planning Group. Um, one, one thing I noticed on Cages uh, um, a couple weeks ago is uh, there was a, um, a transfer of land uh, from uh, you know in the area and the um, uh, there, I guess there's a typo or an error in cages right now so so the rear 20 acres is actually shown uh, to, to not be owned by us at all so uh, I've already contacted uh, the auditor's office and I've asked them to uh, to, to correct that error uh, but if anybody is doing any um, 
research on their own. They'll they'll see that back 20 acres and um, and, and privately owned uh, hands as, as far as you know the the cages record is concerned. So um, we we did spot that. We're getting it corrected. Um, I was actually told it would be corrected already, uh, so so I'll stay on them to, to make sure that that's, that's properly documented. For the public's references to that, by the way, I've, I've seen that as well, and that's basically a notation error in the county's data systems and at the auditor's office possibly, but there's actually been no deed transfer. The property is still legally the townships. It's not in jeopardy at all. It's just something wrong in the computer system showing otherwise. Yes, sir. It's, it's, it's a typo. And uh, we did meet Skyler Miller, and I met with uh, Steve Johns the other day. Steve Johns from the Reading Road uh, Corridor Group, and discussed the plan, the future plan, and uh, it sounds pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. it could happen. It, it will happen eventually. Anything else? With our administrative report, uh, our administrator, Mr. Ray Warwick. We had uh, a few things to uh, clean up uh, after Tuesday's workshop. Uh, I'm going to go first to uh, three large POs. Um, the the POs had some uh, uh, issues where not a sufficient amount of money was uh, appropriated for certain lines. That has been cured. Uh, those were intra-fund um, adjustments. They do not require board action. Um, so uh, since everything is now in order, I'd like to ask for approval of these purchase orders. I'll do them separately. The first one's purchase uh, order 8676 for Sycamore Board of Education in the amount of $88,450.85. Motion to approve. Second. Comments? Let's get them paid. Vote. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. The next one is uh, PO8678 for Princeton City Schools, and it is in the amount of $231,591.40. Motion. Second. Vote. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LeBar Bribe? Purchase order 8679 for Indian Hill Exempted Village School District in the amount of $2,379,530.71. Motion. Second. Vote. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Uh, next, uh, one of our appropriation cures does require uh, board approval. And the difference is on these POs, we were just doing interfund adjustments, so we, we weren't changing the total amount that had been approved. So uh, staff has the ability to make those adjustments just as a matter of operating so why didn't we do this on Tuesday Be, the uh, the changes were not made in the accounting system yet so we waited until we made the changes oh, okay. so could, could we have done this before Tuesday yeah we could have um, there are more things like that to clean up uh, the particular resolution here and the reason we have to ask you if you'll approve this is that um, we, we are going to ask for an additional amount of money to be appropriated to a fund line. And it's for the general fund account 01A81 titled Salary Administrator. And uh, we're asking uh, for you to allow us to, or for you to increase the appropriations by $175,000.
What that does is erase the negative position that we're in against the appropriations and then gives us uh, some money to finish out the rest of the year in that account. Motion. Second. So we had to read the resolution. Let me, let me read the title. A resolution amending 2020 appropriations for the general fund account 01-A-81 salary administrator dispensing with a second reading and declaring an emergency. Motion. Second. So have we been paying you each month? Yes. Out of the out of the fund that's over balanced, over appropriated? Under appropriated. Under appropriated, I mean, yes. Yes. So why wasn't there a big uh, uproar about that Tuesday as there was about the payments to the uh, school boards for their funds where we didn't even have to make a resolution to change it? Well, there was no resolution before us to correct this then. My yeah, but I remember somebody waving something up saying, well, this is not right. And uh, asking the administrator why that was uh, before us when it's not right. It's under uh, under appropriated, where it, we, all it would do is hold up the payments to the schools. Well, but for well we've been under appropriated for months. We've been under appropriated for months to months the administrator, that, that but that's no problem. No, it's but all a problem. Comes, but when it comes to the schools, oh. oh no, no, no. It's all a problem. And Let's embarrass we, Porter. It, no, it's all a problem because there are several other lines where we are not appropriated properly. That's going to have to be addressed. And in fact, in our accounting system, we don't even have the proper uh, legal amounts that were approved by the board in the, in the revenues and in the appropriations. So uh, all of that needs to be fixed. And I've been talking about these problems, but was told to stay out of the fiscal office. Uh, but I think that when the board's about to take action that they're, they're duty bound to take, that they should understand uh, the actions that's happening. I, I never heard this board say stay out of the fiscal office. I wish they, I wish you would, but I've never heard them say that. The board it's hasn't been, said it. You, you said you it. You have said it in I, three I, emails. I, I'll, I'll, read them all. I'll repeat it here. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you've said it. I know you've said, said it. it. We haven't said it. You've yeah. said it. But the trustees are in charge of determining where the money of the township is spent. Right. And what, no question. Is, what is appropriated, what is spent, and so forth. And your job, in turn, is to make sure that those things are carried out properly and that you keep track of the money of the township and all of the township's records. And we all need to work together on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk about the township records when my time comes. But, okay. yeah, you're correct. And we have a very able assistant in the township office, Debbie, who takes care yeah. of all of these things. Couldn't but agree we need, more. But we need some better overall communication on these things so that we can fix appropriations as we need to. You and I were talking before the meeting about a few things I noticed that in the accounting system, what's entered as appropriations are not the actual appropriations, and you explained that's because Mr. Bickford chose to do it that way previously, and we can make changes to that as we go along. Yes, but we can. We're trying to understand with Mr. Warwick and with the trustees and with you and everyone else exactly what the numbers are so we can determine whether everything has, in fact, been appropriated fully and completely as it may need to be. And so we're trying to figure all that out. And this is fixing the errors that have been noticed in some of that, rather than waiting for December to do a year-end fix-it-all-retroactively thing like has been done in the past. That's all. So let's get it fixed. So my, my question only was, we talked about 
uh, being underappropriated in that line item months and months ago. Mm -hmm. And it was it's only been bring, being brought to us today. I'm just mm -hmm. curious why it wasn't brought to us months and months ago when we discussed it. Yeah, you know, I was told I, to stay I, out I, of I it. I have a comment on that, too. If that was the case when we mentioned it, why didn't Mr. Porter take care of that? He's the fiscal officer and responsibility. Take care of it. You That's guys are ones that overspend from day one. What's the job of the fiscal officer? Monthly reports about what's going on and well, whether okay. we are in line okay. with appropriations okay. or not. We That's your duty. Get, That's your job. We started right. getting Do your job. Okay. Do your well, job. We'll, we'll talk more about my job. Do tonight. your job. Yeah, we will. Do your job. We'll We've talk. asked you to do things. Let's stop, let's stop okay. this and let's move on, please. We have a motion and a second. We need a vote. We have a motion and a second. We need a vote. Vote, Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weed. Aye. Mr. LaBarbera, aye. Okay, the last thing we have for me this evening is the, the annual resolution to accept the amounts and rates uh, on the necessary tax levies. Um, and I'll have two copies that have to be signed uh, if, if you pass this, because we keep one original and one goes to the county auditor. Um, essentially what this does is it, it just really in our case confirms it's not changing any rates. We've got 1.3 mils of uh, inside millage, 0.5 of that goes to the general fund, 0.8 to, to road and bridge. And then we have 7.45 of outside millage, uh, and that's uh, two and a half mils to the, uh, for police and 4.95 mils for the fire department. So none of those rates are changing, but uh, uh, this is done every year to, to uh, underline that and put them in place. And uh, uh, this is at the time when they would like us to pass this resolution, and I'll read the title. Resolution accepting the amounts and rates as determined by the Budget Commission and authorizing the necessary tax levies and certifying them to the county auditor. Motion. Second. Any comments? The vote, Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Barbara? Aye. So here's the, the two copies, if you'll sign both of them. Ray, do you have anything else? I have nothing else. Okay, up next would be uh, Mr. Porter with uh, his remarks. Fiscal officer, Rob Porter. Thank you. Um, as fiscal officer, as previously noted, one of my tasks is to properly maintain the, um, the records of the township. It's come to my attention that in the past week or two, two trustees, namely Mr. LaBarber and Mr. James, is, have entered the township records office without, with Mr. Warwick, without um, um, a uh, employee of the township, namely uh, Debbie or uh, Beth Gunderson, with them. This concerns me for a couple reasons. It's a locked, it's a locked office, and um, when people go in there, they can take things out and put things in, and I'm charged with properly maintaining the 
records of the township. Other thing that concerns me about it is two trustees were there going through township records with the administrator. That seems to me a, um, a public meeting that should have been recorded in minutes taken. So um, I think um, can talk to uh, P.G. Settenfeld and Tania Denard and others about uh, the perils of meeting without, uh, you know, uh, being an announced public meeting. So I'm, I'm very concerned about that, and I would recommend that the township establish a policy where no one enters the uh, records room where uh, personnel records are kept, where uh, uh, confidential uh, legal settlements are kept, uh, various you know public records that I'm charged with maintaining and I would like to see um, uh, before anyone enters in there they uh, contact either my assistant uh, Debbie Campbell or Beth Gunderson and have them retrieve the uh, requested records. I have no problem with anyone requesting any record that is maintained at the township. I strive to maintain a, um, a open office, but no one should be allowed to go in there and just pull out anything they want and uh, take it out of the office without it being accounted for and um, frankly safe, safe kept. And uh, you know, I. I'm not up here every day. I don't. I got a full-time job down at my office, but I'm I'm getting these reports, and they disturb me. And I think they should disturb everyone. So that that's my um, discussion on records. The other thing I have. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Well, can I finish my? No, no, no. I'm no. I'm still got. I still got other things. Uh, well, to talk I want to answer this though. Well, you, you, know, you just made a, a a charge against me, and I want to. I, I, not I, take I mean, is, is, is it a lie? Just tell me it's a lie that it didn't happen. I'm well, just I'm telling you, I, I didn't take any records out of there. Yeah, nobody's taking records. Just why? Since trustee comments are following immediately after the disclosure report, why don't we let Mr. Porter finish and then? He'll be done and then the well, I mean, I settled in, folks, because I got 49, 50 communications from uh, residents here, which, you know, people have taken the time to write four or five-page uh, communications to the township. So I, I don't think we're going to be gone here anytime soon. So settle in, please. Um, other, uh, let's let's start off with. Um, the easy communications. I have a communication addressed to Tracy Kellams. It's on behalf of the Sterling Run Farms uh, Homeowners Association. Um, and it's, uh, they would like to thank, uh, thank you for the work that was done in our neighborhood. The uh, quick work on the uh, uh, repair of the um, Great, was much appreciated. That's from the Sterling Run Forms Homeowners Association. Have another communication. This came from uh, Wayne Baskin, 
he this uh, he's the independent CPA hired by the state of Ohio auditor. He sent this communication to Debbie um, Campbell in the fiscal officer's office, saying, um, "Debbie, um, FYI, the uh, state auditor has released the um, audit. Um, no comments. Congratulations." I would echo the uh, uh, comments of our independent auditor. I would congratulate Debbie on a, a job well done on the uh, audit for 2018-2019. Uh, it was a complete uh, and thorough audit done by an independent auditor and uh, completely clean, no comments. Okay. Can I just add a thank you to Debbie for that? She did a great job. Okay. Here we go. I've got a communication to the Sycamore Township Trustees. It has come to my attention as a Sycamore Township resident that the hiring of Ray Warwick at the uh, termination of uh, Greg Bickford for administrator was ripe for political underhandedness and lack of transparency. Considering the township, costing the township hundreds of thousands of dollars. With the present, including national political landscape, the, the public, including the residents of Sycamore Township, will not tolerate this type of backroom deal. It is incumbent upon the trustees to attempt to restore trust with their constituents and terminate Ray Warwick and hire a new administrator through an open process. You, your continued, your constituents deserve it. This was from Alan J. Amber, Amberg of uh, Sycamore Township, 76, 576 Kugler Mill Road. I've got a communication directed to Mr. LaBarber and Mr. James. This whole situation has weighed heavy on me and my neighbors. So I have taken the time to gather my thoughts before sending this email. First, let me say 
how grateful I am that the concerned citizens of Sycamore Township <coughs> took the time to send, send me and my neighbors a letter informing us of what is going on in the township. When perhaps some of us have taken our eyes off the ball during the COVID-19 pandemic. This letter has been an eye-opening, eye-opener for our entire neighborhood. Never have I seen something engage in the... In Mr. Porter? Yeah. Could you please hold on a minute? That is the most unprofessional thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Please take that. that down. That is so that is so ridiculously absurd. I cannot believe you did that in a public meeting. That's sick. What is it? That's sick. It's a website with the details regarding the letter that he is reading about, which is a defamatory letter that That's, went out to every It doesn't matter. That's sick. Show. You know what? This is a public meeting. You should not put your political stuff sitting there. Oh, 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 Stop. Let him read. What? Oh, your, your political stuff? It's not political. <laughs> Come on, Tom. It's Come on, Tommy. Ridiculous. Come on. It's Come absolutely on. ridiculous. Go ahead. Finish. Keep, Go continue, ahead. Rob. Finish. Finish, please. Continue, Rob. Go ahead. Okay. I, as I said, we're going to have to settle in here, guys. I've got 48 of these. That's speed, that's speed you know. Burn. Well, we'll just take a break. That's fine. Go ahead. Keep going. That's fine. I'll just take a, take a nap, I guess. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you guys read stuff. I mean, these, uh, are, yeah, these are communications from the citizens. No, absolutely. You're absolutely. absolutely right. Go ahead. And I suggest we simply post them on the website then. And I'm sitting hmm. here at $245 an hour. Yeah, but that's so, his job. So his I'm, job just, I'm just, so I'm just saying, you know, if, if, we, if, we don't I, need, if we don't need Mr. Desai anymore, he's, he's free to go. No, no, well, Mr. I think Desai, I want you to stay. Okay. I, I just, Mr. Desai, I just don't you. understand. I've been coming to these meetings for over two and a half years, and I have never seen 49 communications read because we've never had we never had them ever and i've been here 26 years and we've never had it and i went through the molar light case and we never had it so so at the next meeting when we get 49 contrary <laughs> positions sent in we'll read those are we well. going to sit here and read them again we most definitely will and the township and the taxpayers are going to pay 245 dollars an hour for me to sit here and listen to these things be read i i mean i just gentlemen I got to be honest with you, from what I've heard going on tonight, everybody seems guilty of being political at this point. And I would really encourage you in the interest of the residents and the taxpayers to do your politicking outside of these meetings. These meetings are supposed to be about the business of the township and the residents. And what I see taking place here tonight does not have anything to do with that. Mr. Mr. Desai, I strongly, strongly object with you, with your opinion. These are communications from our residents who are concerned about an issue. Why would we not listen to what they have to say? I am appalled that you would suggest that this is a bad idea because we got to pay you. These are our residents. They're speaking. That's okay. their voice. My point is Mr. that Weedman, it, did it you all appears to be very political. 
And if this is the way it's going to go, then at the next meeting, I'm sure that we're going to get 49 plus emails for the other side well, that's that we're all going to sit here and read. And this is not in the best interest of the residents of the township. And this meeting is supposed to be about township business, not letters sent out by political action groups trying to stir up the political pot. That is the point. If, you, if, if the politicians want to politic, you're free to do it. But you should do it outside of these meetings. Mr. Desai, these, once again, let me reiterate because maybe I mis you misunderstood me. These are public communications from residents who are concerned about an issue here in the township. I believe they should be read. And if do we have 49 next, week, next month that say, oh, these guys did a great job, I'm, go I'm with those as well. I'm good with that. And let me yeah. join in here, though, and note that of all of those communications, which I have read every one, by the way, and I'm certain you have and Mr. LaBarbera has as well, they were addressed to the trustees. Only a single one asked to be read in a public meeting, and that was the one from an anonymous individual who uh, his voice sounded very familiar in the way he wrote, I'll say, but I would object to reading an anonymous comment at all in the meeting, frankly. Mm -hmm. But we've all read this. So we've heard yield to Mr. Porter and let him decide. Well, well, we've let, heard the let the, if the emails let. were addressed to the trustees, they are public records that should be published on the website. Why are we reading them here if they were addressed to the trustees? You know, frankly, I, I have difficulty with my eyesight reading all these. Uh, um, and if. I would say that if we post every one of these as an attachment to the um, to the minutes, I'm fine with that because, frankly, you see how I labor reading these uh, these emails. It's very difficult for me uh, to uh, read them in a in a uh, rapid fire way. I suspect that there will be uh, responses, and I I really don't want to sit through the I don't want to sit through me reading these, and I don't want to sit through the response that I'm sure is coming after I'm done reading these, because I'd frankly like to get home and watch a little football or a little golf. But I think it's important to note that 49 people, and there may be four or five in here that are, are anonymous. I don't know the vast majority of these people. Some of these people I do know. So a, a lot of people, and I've been here 30 years, I've never seen this volume of, uh, of uh, communications come in ever. And if they're all, every one of these is posted as an attachment as communications to the, um, to the minutes of this meeting, I'm fine with that. Because I think a lot of people in here do have some very valid and good points. And as I say, I don't know them, but they took the time to write four or five page letters. And people just don't do that normally. So something's got them riled up, and I suspect that it's maybe how things are operating up here, and we ought to take cognizance of that and uh, maybe make some changes. So. You guys do what you want. I'm okay with it being every these being attached to the um, to the public minutes here, so the um, 
so the residents know that their emails were noted and read and that they can read them also but for me to to read them all over two and a half hours here and that's probably what it would take me to read 50 emails I will yield to you, Rob, because you were you were in charge of communications. If you feel that's adequate, I'm well. I'm and okay. I'd, I'd, I'd I'd like to the uh, opposition or whatever or the other people on the other side of the issue here to do the same with their rebuttal. I'm sure uh, uh, folks have seen that there's been a uh, a very comprehensive uh, response put out to these things and. I, I don't want to sit through all that either. So put that on the on the uh, uh, put that on the website as a response or whatever or communication from whoever's responding to it, and we you know let's move on and do the business of the township. Sounds like a good plan. So, so I, I I guess we need a motion. I, I make a motion that we include all of the uh, emails in the in the uh, record in the minutes of this meeting. So, uh, in lieu of of Mr. Porter reading them. What do we typically do with communications we that come in? We typically read them. No, you don't. You don't yeah, read yeah. them all. Well, you just read two of them yourself tonight. Yeah, you read two of them yourself tonight, Jim. We don't always order when the, when the communications come in. Are they, are they attached to the minutes as part of the meeting record? There is a uh, there's a summary put in under communicate. There's this uh, in the minutes. It says uh, communication and like it'll say. Um, Homeowners Association from Sterling Run Farm thanking Tracy Kellums for his uh, assistance in uh, taking care of the storm grate. Okay. With uh, it, it would say, and and if you somebody guys, actually wanted to see the document itself, it, it'd be a public record and they could see it. Yeah, we keep we keep it all. Okay. And then the same with um, like with the thing with. Uh, um, Wayne Baston that I read the, the communication that came in it would say communication from uh, Wayne ba Baston congratulating uh, Debbie Campbell on a clean audit or something to that effect it, do it doesn't list the whole you know it doesn't list the whole um, communication uh, communication but I, I think as I say on some of these uh, letters they're literally five-page letters uh, or significantly multi-paragraph emails I never, got, I never got a five-page letter. well maybe the, you didn't this big, that's why. maybe you did oh, then but, you have special print okay yeah so uh, you, the, with, with the example with the proclamation regarding um mr Helbrun, and i apologize if i mispronounce his last name if somebody wanted to see any of the actual documents they can request the public records as well Oh yeah, okay. Any, anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why don't we follow the practice that we've had, where there will be a summary under the fiscal officer communications that there were 49 emails, and you can provide the the summary to Miss Gunderson, okay. and then a notation that if anybody would like to see any of those documents in full, they are available mm -hmm. upon request. So you're saying that there'd be 49, and they would listed that, that this one said. Congratulations to Tracy because uh, the HOA said that he did a great job. I'd, categor I'd, I'd categorize them. The one to Tracy's obviously 
different than the, I'm going to call it 40, group of 49 responding to the letter. And so I would summarize them by category. You know, item three, we had 49 emails um, expressing concern based on, however you want to phrase it, Mr. Porter, but you know, based on the letter that was sent out by uh, cost. I'd be glad to do that. Okay. Um, yeah. I, and that way yeah. we're, we're being consistent with the past practice. And then, as Mr. Porter said, they're a public record. If people want to actually go through all 49, they can go through all 49 of them. That sounds. That sounds like. A, that but sounds good. Those would have to be. Those would have to be uh, approved in the uh, approval of the minutes. Pre, the the uh, subsequent approval of minutes at the next meeting and. Uh, the the documents themselves do not need to be approved. No, it's a public record once it comes into the township. And I'm not saying. That. I'm saying the notation of his communications. But however he decides to put the communications in there will have to be approved by this board. And if this board, it's, it, it appears to me that this board isn't real crazy about listing these things in there because I just made a motion and nobody seconded it. So it's pretty clear, pretty clear to me that, that, that my two fellow trustees are not really interested in having these, uh, having these emails, these, these communications from our residents be put into the minutes. So um, I guess I'm a little bit concerned about the fact that uh, we agree to that, and then they uh, do not approve the minutes of the next meeting, and then we're in a, we have a conundrum here. I don't think they need to be in the minutes. I think they need to be published separately on the township website, and I would encourage everyone to read them. Frankly, they parrot back exactly what was said in the letter that urged them to send an email to the address they sent it to. Several of them are actually signatories of the letter. So, sure, publish it on the website. I don't think it belongs attached to the minutes. On the other hand, it is already a public record. Well, I think it's, it's not a question of public records. It's a communication. communication and, the, and the question is, the person that's in charge of communications for our township is Mr. Porter. Mm -hmm. And if Mr. Porter, I'm, I'm willing to go along with whatever Mr. Porter says. If he, wants to, if he wants to do that, that's fine. However he wants to handle it, but he is still in charge of communications. And because he's in charge of communications, that, um, uh, we have if if we if we're going to find some kind of disagreement by this board uh, that that will short circuit his effort to communicate these emails, then uh, I think that's an issue. Well, we just spent 20 minutes with Mr. Porter's time, so we would have that under the concerned citizens Sycamore Township, and then the. 49, do, do well, we get 49 I mean, minutes? Something to that extent, right? Am I correct? I, I, no, because I, every I, one of them concerned this this email that went out. That's no, I, I, would, I, I would like to, what I would do is I would list, we had a communication from the uh, Sterling Run Farms and then summarize what it is. We had a communication from Mr. and Mrs. Amberg with, and then summarize what they did. And so have, you just put on a spreadsheet? Well, it'd be part of the minutes. It's actually part of the minutes. Okay. We always have that about communications. Okay. Yeah. Usually there's two or three at the most. Yeah. This that, time, there's that's all we'd 40. be doing is being consistent with what we've done in right. the past. It might be a longer list mm -hmm. than we had in the past, but it would be consistent with that. Mm -hmm. And so that's all noted. And then if somebody wants to read the full document, as they have in the past with other communications, they can request the full document. That's fine with me. Where's the handwritten one we got in advance of the last meeting that hasn't been read yet that had nothing to do with this, by the way? That was a communication to the township. Yeah. Well, I, didn't, I didn't get it. If I don't get it. It was in everybody's mailbox back there. I thought you were going to read it Tuesday. Mr. Porter, you well, don't let, have... Let's, uh, let's stay on this point. Are, are we good now on this point right here, Mr. Porter? So Mr. Porter is going to include 
a summary like a, of a summary all the, like you normally do. Yeah, with okay. you know the names of the residents that wrote it in. I just want to make sure that the, yeah. that all the members of the board accept uh, are okay with that. That's We're fine. just following the normal practice. It's okay, normal perfect. practice. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. That's fine. Mr. LaBarber, I think we're still on fiscal officer report communications, and I'm not sure if Mr. Porter has anything further. Whew. <laughs> I usually don't talk this much. Um, I, I don't believe so. I, um, I think I've covered the things that I wanted to bring up about the records, about the... Um, inconsistency on in the handling of the uh, appropriation item from Tuesday to today and uh, the volume of communications that was received in response to the concerned citizens of Sycamore Township letter thank you okay trustees comments oh we do yeah mr. Wingman go ahead I don't have any right now but I might have some depending upon if there are any others mr. James I, I have plenty, but are, are, we, yes, are we staging our comments here now? Yeah, no, you go ahead. All go right. ahead. You have your comments, go ahead. Doug. Well, a, a few things. First of all, Mr. Porter. Yes, I have walked into the records room a few times in the last few weeks to look through records that the township maintains in the records room. With the door open, with Debbie and Beth in and out, Mr. LaBarbera was in and out at one point looking at records, and so was Mr. Ward. They are the public's records, and I am one of the elected officials entrusted by the public to look at them. I have not taken a thing out of that room. I have been very careful to put everything back exactly where it came from in each file and on each shelf, very carefully looking through that. But for you to insinuate- How do people, I know that? We'll put a camera in there if you're concerned about it. I think that would be a very prudent idea. Well, why, I'm, not, I'm not even here. I don't know what you're doing. But when I get reports that you and Jim LaBarber are in the record room with Ray Warwick, by yourselves, that sounds like you're conducting township business, the two of you, in the <coughs> records room without a public meeting. No. I don't know. I wasn't here. I'm just telling you what the reports I got. Right. Well, I and you've admitted that you were in, in there with Mr. Uh, LaBarbera. So, Mr. LaBarbera was in and out of the room while I was looking at records. I think he looked at some records too. We probably chatted about him talking about baseball and me ignoring it. Well, well, maybe or there. maybe not. So. I don't know what you chatted about. Well, you're insinuating I took records or somehow did something improper with the records, and I am I, assuring I, you that is not the case, I, I, and you were not there, so you do not know otherwise. I, I'm, I'm not heard. insinuating you did anything with the records. I'm saying that there's the possibility of the records being compromised when individuals that. go in there and two people go in or three people go in there without the supervision of you know township employees and Not i agree employee. there is a potential for records to be compromised and i think camera in the room would be a wonderful idea so if there ever any question about that then someone could go back to the record i think that's fine frankly okay i, I so, think I, I, yeah. I, I think we need a discussion on how we uh you know how we maintain the integrity of the records i agree because okay. i'm concerned the integrity has not been maintained in the past I understand that this year when Mr. Warwick became the administrator, his first view of the room was it was an utter mess in there with records scattered all over the place. Mr. Bickford didn't leave records in very good order from what I've heard described. 
It has since been organized, I understand, by Debbie and by Beth, I believe, in doing that, which is good. Everything looks nice and orderly in there now. You can sit there and look at the shelf without even touching anything and see the tabs sticking out explaining what the files are so you know what's in there and what to look for. I asked Beth today, in fact, if she knew whether there was a, an index of some sort of what records we have in there because I thought that would be a prudent thing to have. She said Debbie would be the one to ask, and when I looked, Debbie was not in her office to ask about that. But if there's not an index of the records we maintain, let me suggest to you as our records custodian that that would be a very prudent thing to have so we could make sure that records don't disappear or are doctored in some way. Do we in fact have such an index? We have indexes, yes. Okay, where could I find one of those as trustee then so that I could see what records we have so that I know what records of the township I need to familiarize myself with? Well, I would talk to Debbie. All and right. you hadn't had the opportunity, so I think it would be helpful if we were corroborative around here instead of combative around I agree. Here. Well, what, are you, what are you doing when you're accusing me of going in there? First of all, let me just tell you what I went in there for since you asked. I asked Beth, I said, I want to see Greg Bickford's file. And she said, well, I said, I couldn't find it. And he said, okay, here it is over here. Make sure you put it back. I looked to see if he had a resume because for two years I asked him to put a resume in there and it wasn't, there was no resume in there. That's all I did. And I put it back and I probably talked about baseball or something, but I wasn't fooling so around with files. Uh, so just on... You were in there, and you were in there with Mr. James. Is that Mr. Correct? James was in there, and, and Mr. Okay. Warwick, I think, came in and out. But I don't think there's anything nefarious about that. Oh, I don't know whether that, there was it? or not. And well, I'm you're not accusing and I'm not accusing anything. I'm saying well, that happened. I'm saying okay. that the two of you were in that room together. We were, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, that's problematic. Physical no, it's doesn't not. make a meeting, so you know that. Okay, Continuing. Go ahead. All right. You're Let right. me see what else okay. you accused us of here first. Of I didn't accuse you. I just well, said a fact. I don't right. even know what you're saying. Annie. And you acknowledge the fact. The fact that I was in the in room with Jim LaBarbera. Mr. LaBarbera was in and out. I agree. That's okay. not a problem. Thanks. That's all I needed to hear. Mr. Weedman and Mr. Connor used to go dawdling around in the same car all the time and joined each other on the township meeting on Kenwood Road to take photos a year ago. People get together if there's not a no, meeting that, to not in the file, not in the file room, in the file going, room. Through, <laughs> going through public files. We never did that. Trust no. me. Sorry, I still wonder. You can, throw, you can accuse a lot of things, but that's not one of them. Gentlemen, can I weigh in for just a quick second? Please because I, I would. This was brought to my attention before this meeting. I didn't realize um, how it was going to be teed up. Naivete on my part, but let's talk about uh, the law. First off, the Public Records Act gives a member of the public the right to physically come in and inspect a file. So if a member of the public walks through that door and says, I want to go see a file, they have the right to go into that room and physically inspect that file. Now, if that comes as a surprise to anybody here in the room or who's watching out there, that's because the practice has become oh, you fill out this records request form, we'll get it to you within five days. But that's not what the Public Records Act says. And in fact, if somebody walks in here on Monday morning at 8 a.m. and says, I want to look at John Doe's file, we have to let them look at it. If we stop them, we have violated the Public Records Act. So just so everyone understands that piece of it. Second, when I go on to the township's website, 
I see Debbie Campbell identified as the finance and accounting director, and I see Beth Gunderson identified as the human resource and office manager. Nobody is identified as the records custodian for the township. That needs to be corrected. There should also be an assistant records custodian, so when the records custodian is not available and we have a public records request to deal with, the assistant records custodian can deal with it. With regard to information in those files in the records room, they could contain information that is not subject to the Public Records Act. That would be Social Security numbers. Many employees have direct deposits, so we have their bank account information in there. We also could have protected health information. The Public Records Act does not allow for any inspection of that information. Therefore, that information should be segregated from those files so that it is not inadvertently disclosed to a member of the public. With regard to the records room, there should be a policy that the township has in place. I am shocked we don't have a policy in place. There should be a policy that says this person and this person have keys to it. I liken it to a police evidence room. Typically, you have two people that have a key to that room, and you make sure that only they can access the room. That's how you maintain the integrity of the files. I don't know what the township does, but there should be a custodian, an assistant custodian, and those two people should have keys to the room. There should be a log of who goes in and out of that room. I'm surprised that we sit here in 2020 and the township does not have that system in place. So those are the issues that we need to be discussing. I'll discuss two final things. First off, when two members of the legislative authority, let's put it this way, when a quorum of the legislative authority gets together, it does not constitute a public meeting. They are allowed to get together at Wendy's and eat. They are allowed to get together in a car and drive up to Columbus for a training seminar. What they cannot do is discuss public business because then you're in violation of the Open Meetings Act. Finally, with regard to the fiscal officer, the statute as I read it today, and I did not go through and dissect it, it says the fiscal officer is in charge of the proceedings, the records regarding the proceedings of the board, and the financial records of the township. I did not see anything in there that said anything about personnel files, etc. So the township needs to determine what documents is the fiscal officer responsible for, well, let me rephrase that, what documents fall within the purview of the fiscal officer's um, um, uh, uh, um, office and what fall within the administration. Personnel files to me would seem to fall within the administration. But these are the things the township should be focusing on now is how to correct this issue that was brought to light. And there seem to be a number of them which is no designated custodian, maybe I missed it, but I didn't see it on the website, no designated assistant custodian, a log of who goes in and out of the records room, um, an index of what's in there would be good, and also a segregation of what constitute fiscal officer files and what constitute administrative office files. And then a policy about how those records are going to be accessed.
I think that would help eliminate a lot of the concerns that I'm hearing from everybody here about the record room and recent events. Thank you. Thank you, Deepak. Go ahead. That all makes sense. And I, I believe Ms. Campbell is designated as the records custodian, if I recall right from what I've seen in past records. But I don't think that is noted on the website if you didn't see that there. But we have a records commission meeting coming up, don't we, on the That's 13th correct. in the morning. So those are topics we can certainly address there in looking at our policy uh, if there aren't those things in place already. So thank you. That was all very helpful. Back to my comments here then. There is a response that I had prepared that I had been communicating back to residents who have written in to the trustees, which is also found at what Mr. Weedman called the most unprofessional thing he'd ever seen in his life at this website. It's www.sycamoretownshipfacts.com. Full story is there. Uh, it's things that I've discussed in meetings previously, and our residents are very concerned about this concerned citizens of Sycamore Township letter that went out. As I think everybody in the room knows, it was mailed to practically every registered voter household in the township, with a few exceptions, me being one. I didn't get it. I don't think Mr. LaBarber got it. Uh, a few people who I know are affiliated with me who were known to have campaigned for me last year didn't get it too, while all their neighbors did. But it was mailed out by first-class mail with uh, first-class stamps on it. So I'm estimating that's probably a $4,000 expense or so for someone to mail that out. Some uh, residents are very concerned about it because it suggested in big, bold print that our township finances might be in danger. The letter also suggested taxes might go up, but both claims are false. The letter still alarmed a lot of people about it, though, so we've gotten several dozen emails about it, which are going into the record here, as we've noted. Let me just note, as Mr. Porter pointed out as well Tuesday morning, township finances are not in jeopardy. Mr. Porter even noted anyone suggesting otherwise is not looking at the facts when he spoke about it Tuesday morning. Rest assured, taxes are not going up, despite what that letter told you. The letter misled about a lot of other things, too. It said that former administrator Greg Bickford was fired for political reasons or political payoff, and that's just false. It says terrible, misleading, mostly untrue, and libelous things about our administrator, Ray Warwick. I'm not going to repeat those things here but they are demonstrably false in many instances, one of which easily so, concerning his prior employment in Hamilton Township. Now you'd think he'd been nominated for the Supreme Court this week or something with the level of reality distortion and hatred that the letter's author has tried to stir up. A lot of residents signed off on that letter too. I think some of them were genuinely misled and concerned by what they were told by the letter's author without knowing the full story. They can find the full story on that website that I mentioned, and I'm going to enter into the record as well a letter explaining the true circumstances with links to prior minutes references, videos and meetings explaining what happened, and so forth, so people will know what actually went on. The letter also misleads terribly about the mission of the township's advisory-only citizens finance committee and about who actually controls the township's wallet and its financial decisions, which is the elected officials not staff, not the administrator, and not the able volunteers on the committee. The letter claims the township is now less transparent with information than before. Those of you who are watching us right now on live video at home or watching the replay of this later on YouTube would probably disagree because you didn't have that opportunity before this year. This was an initiative we started before coronavirus was anything anyone knew about. 
And uh, it's been a very good thing to open up our meetings so that you get to see how all of us act like toddlers sometimes, it seems, and I'm sorry you get to see that. But it's a good thing for the public to have access to that and our other records. You heard discussion earlier possibly about putting the uh, receipts and disbursements uh, full detail on the website. I, I understand within this meeting already, after I mentioned it to Mr. Porter earlier, I got an email mid-meeting uh, from Beth Gunderson, uh, who's one of our wonderful township staffers, who indicated, in fact, it's already on the website. So very good and very transparent. So I've got a lot of things to say about the letters disturbing claims, but I don't think I'm going to go through that right now. I'm just going to put this in the record because I don't want to bore all of you with the details. You won't bore again. us. You won't bore us. Well. I think you should do it. This is the time to do it. Well. I want you to do that. I would, I'll refer I would people appreciate to the SycamoreTownshipFacts.com website, but let me ask then, Mr. Miller, would you put up the slides I gave you, please? Sure. <clears throat> all right. Do you want to move through these? Uh, sure. I can do that. Where do I aim? Uh, it's, it's an arrow. Okay. Just click the arrow. All right. Should work. So I, I did want to set the record straight with a few facts. I'm trying not to get into politics here, even though this seems to be inherently political the way it's developed. But as I noted, township got these letters. Township presidents got these letters. There are some people who are terrified their taxes are going up, especially in this uncertain time with the national election going on, everyone on edge, COVID-19 out there. Some people have been laid off from their jobs. People are worried. And again, finances are not in jeopardy and our taxes are not going up. My goal is to try to get our taxes lowered and I think there are some ways to do it. It involves getting a complete handle on our accounting among other things and as you've seen, there's been some rancor about that too. But we're all trying to work together on that and get past personalities to do that. So I hope we move along on that. Mr. <clears throat> Bickford was a topic of this letter. He was the former township administrator he was an employee of the township for 20 years. He was the administrator for five and a half and acting administrator for another six months. So six years as administrator from 2014 to 2019. The letter suggested he'd been administrator all 20 years, I think. It claims he was fired for political reasons or political payoff, and I can tell you that's false. I can tell you after I was elected and before I took office, Mr. Bickford told me he'd been playing politics for two years to interfere with the will of the voters. He told me at lunch at Ruby Tuesday on, I think it was November 12th after the election, he had been actively obstructing one trustee, Mr. LaBarbera sitting here next to me, from doing his job since he had been elected before he even took office. That's thwarting the voters' decision. He admitted to me he had been hiding important financial and development details for Mr. LaBarbera because two other trustees at the time told him to do it. I understand he even consulted with the township's attorney about whether that was a good idea and was told it wasn't, and he did it anyway. Now, Mr. Bickford technically resigned. He was pushed, certainly. He no longer had the board majority's trust. That's not to say he's not a nice man or that he didn't work hard for the township and do what he thought was the best. He was an able worker and a nice guy, and I really liked him, actually, believe it or not. But I couldn't trust him to be an administrator when I'm one of the members on the board. Now, the prior trustees had moved him up, by the way, to administrator from zoning department in 2014. There, there wasn't any record of a public search at that time either. Um, there was criticism in the letter about there not being a search for Mr. Warwick, which is why I bring that up. Mr. Bickford's background was in planning and zoning, not in township administration. His separation agreement payout, it, it's not cheap, certainly not. It's much less than the letter claimed. The letter claimed $270,000. 
It's actually $154,000 plus his health insurance costs, which boosted up to just north of $180,000. I think that's still too much, too. But it's what a contract that the trustees put in place right after Mr. LaBarber's election, but before he took office, it's what it required. And it made it unavoidable. It also made firing for cause a practical impossibility, even if that had been something that the trustees wanted to consider. It was going to happen either then or later under the terms of the contract, even if he waited to retire. Or if the township just decided not to renew his contract, he would get the payout also. It was unavoidable. Enough said about Mr. Bickford. I wish him great success. He is now an assistant administrator in Claremont County. Getting that position reduced the payout we had to make to him. And I, I hope he does well there. I do wish him well. Again, I like him personally but he was not someone I would trust as administrator. That factored into my decision as trustee to make the change we did. Mr. Warwick is the current township administrator here in Sycamore Township. The letter would make you think that he's some Yahoo who can't keep money in his wallet or anything else. It's just craziness in that. He's extremely qualified. He's got an MBA. He's got over 25 years of executive level experience and is very qualified. He is highly credentialed in administration and has more experience in that than his predecessor. Now, 15 years ago, not recently, as you'd think from reading the letter, he had a business failure which led to a bankruptcy filing. It's a blemish that is more than offset by his tremendous success after that fresh start, like Carl Linder or Dave Ramsey or Abraham Lincoln and many others who had to file for bankruptcy relief. After it, he rebounded and soared. Mr. Warwick was appointed Hamilton Township fiscal officer by its trustees in 2014 to fix serious financial irregularities that his predecessor there as fiscal officer had caused before resigning. He succeeded in fixing those things. And when his fiscal officer term ended in 2016, Hamilton Township valued him so highly, its trustees hired him to stay on as administrator for two more years. Most importantly, and this is defamatory in that letter that those people signed off on, he was not fired for cause. That's a lie. It's designed to smear him, to make him look bad, to make him look incompetent when he is the opposite. He is extraordinarily competent. In fact, he chose to resign from that role once New Hamilton Township trustees took office after the 2017 election. So he ended his contract early and he resigned. Now, Sycamore Township has hired Mr. Work to serve residents and all trustees and the fiscal officer impartially and equally. Some don't seem to want that to happen, it seems. But his hiring was not a January surprise either. Mr. Weedman knows well that I spoke with him December 12th at lunch about my intention to move ahead with replacing Mr. Bickford and put Mr. Warwick in place because he seemed to be the best choice. Mr. Weedman has known him far longer than I have, by the way. I first met him about a year before then, I think. I requested Mr. Weedman's advice and support about that and the remainder of the board that was in place at the time. And they even discussed it, I understand, in executive session during their mid-December meeting, but made no decision immediately to do that. So it was left to us January 2nd to make the change. Mr. Bickford was on board with it by, the, by then, by the way, um, and was cooperative as to all of that. He understood the situation because essentially he had flown too close to the sun and got burned with the politics that he had engaged in. Now let's talk about the Finance Committee also, because that came up in the letter. There was a suggestion that uh, Mr. Warwick, who it alleges to be somehow not competent with money, which again is false and crazy, uh, that he was going to wildly spend all the township's money by running the committee. Well, all of that was false. 
The committee was created just a few months ago by the Board of Trustees in a two-to-one vote. The letter residents received told you Ray was the head of the committee and was managing our township finances. That's not true. The committee is citizen-led and advisory only. All money is controlled by elected officials, and Ray not only isn't the committee chairman, he doesn't even have a vote on the committee like the other members do. He's a liaison member to the committee. But the, the letter from the Concerned Citizens Group, at least from the author who wrote it, misled you about all of that if you, if you read the letter. It seems some people who used to be very influential in our township government now seem very worked up and anxious about Mr. Warwick and the Citizen Composed Finance Committee looking into past financial decisions which occurred in the township, about efforts to modernize our accounting system and our records, and in some notable instances, about finding out where the money actually went. Stopping or interfering with that mission seems to be a driving motivation for the letter's author, who apparently wants to try to intimidate Mr. Warwick into quitting or the trustees into firing him. Maybe thinking that the examination of past financial oddities and some possibly suspect transactions will stop. It will not stop. Now let's talk about transparency also. It's false for the letter's author to claim that the township has backtracked on transparency. The opposite is true. We have live streamed meeting video. Our meetings are also available on YouTube. We have public participation more than ever before. The things we're voting on are shared publicly and read out loud before we vote and shown on the big screen here. We have these citizen advisory committees for finance and for parks. We publish our documents and our financial information on the web and we do more. So let me extend an open invitation to you. We've made great leaps forward in transparency and open governance in the township this year already. Spread the word to others about that, please. And take a look at this website, sycamoretownshipfacts.com, which explains in much greater detail all of the facts I've just provided, again with references and links to videos where you can see what happened in our meetings before, where these things have been discussed many times before. You can see links to resolutions and contracts the township has uh, published on its website and in other places. And you can see the facts of the contracts. You can see Mr. Warwick's resume even. And you can see what went on for yourself and judge for yourself as to what the true facts are. But uh, don't be worked up by the letter you got, which didn't tell you the full story, certainly. And I want to point out, I always appreciate hearing ideas and suggestions and, and especially criticism, by the way, from our residents about things. Whether it's 49 emails, all of them basically following the outline of that letter and repeating it back to us, or people with sincere concerns that are outside of some agitating letter they got to us, whatever it is. I know I don't know everything. I know I don't always make the right decisions, and neither do these two guys over here next to me, and neither does this guy here next to me. But we need to hear about, every, about these things from everybody in the community. Let us know how we can help you better and how we can be even more transparent than we already are. And if you want more details about anything that went on in the past, feel free to ask me or anyone else up here. And I would hope we would all answer you honestly as to that. So that's what I wanted to say about this because again, everyone's been pretty upset about this and worked up about it. And you can see the agitation it's caused in the board too. Um, so when you get a letter like that, don't, don't fall for the trick of just believing it's all true. Uh, take a look for yourself and ask some questions, certainly. So I, I want to thank you for your time and listening to me about this tonight, and uh, I will make sure that all of these things are placed along with these other communications we've gotten in the record so that anyone can see them. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Uh, Tom Weedman. Yeah, thank you. So um, 
let me just address a couple of things Mr. James said. Number one, I think he has taken he has taken uh, credit for uh, broadcasting our meetings. We voted on that before he was a trustee. Number one, so for him to suggest that that's his transparency, uh, it's his act of transparency. I think is kind of questionable. Um, he suggested that I knew Mr. Ray Warwick. I met Mr. Ray Warwick in February of 2005. I was at a conference in Northern Kentucky, a campaign conference. I was running for state rep at the time, and um, I. Uh, was sitting in the back of the conference during the break and a guy I didn't know came up to me and said are you Tom Weedman I said yeah I am he said uh, are you running for state rep I said yes I am he said um, aren't you a trustee in Sycamore I said yeah I am he said don't you think you should resign from that position if you're gonna run for state rep I said no I don't and he walked away now that is my this is how much I know Ray Warren I had a 20-second conversation with him for Mr. James to suggest that I knew this this gentleman here in that 20-second conversation he, he misrepresents that case significantly I want I want I'm finished go ahead Tom uh, yeah thank go you finish, Tom. so first let me say that I'm grateful for the concerned citizens of Sycamore Township in mobilizing the residents about this seriously egregious situation that trustees LaBarbera and James have laid on the taxpayers of Sycamore Township I believe the heart of the concerned citizens letter is very simple. Trustees LaBarbera and James orchestrated the termination of employment with Mr. Bickford through a separation agreement that was identical to all of the financial obligations of the contract with Mr. Bickford had he been terminated without cause. While I am not sure why the CCOST group arrived at the maximum potential of $270,000, I believe that it may have come from whether the 240 did or did not include the additional $30,000 for insurance. Having said that, the total maximum exposure that we had for that act was $240,000, nearly a quarter of a million dollars of your taxpayers uh, of your taxes. We are fortunate that Mr. Bickford is now gainfully employed, which has reduced our obligation to around $185,000. But I can tell you that still doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy about what happened here. When I had lunch with Mr. James on December 12th, and by the way, I think he mentioned that he also had lunch with J Greg Bickford on December 12th, but I actually had lunch with him on December 12th. November. Thank you. Uh, before he was sworn in as a trustee, he had mentioned to me that he wanted to terminate Mr. Bickford, and in fact, he wanted me to leave lunch and go over to the office to break the news to Mr. Bickford that day. First, I told him I was not interested in terminating Mr. Bickford, and then I asked him if he had any idea how much financial exposure we would have in making that decision. To my total shock, he did not. So he wanted to terminate Mr. Bickford, who had a contract, and he did not even know the financial exposure, what the financial exposure might be for the residents of our township. I asked him, quote, how do you explain to a hard-working family that makes $35,000 a year and we're planning to write a check to, to Greg for, let's say, $50,000? Mr. James responded, and I quote, I am willing to take the short-term pain, end of quote. This was a complete political decision and a clear sign of total disregard for the taxpayers of Sycamore Township. From my conversation with Mr. James at that lunch, he had expressed interest in Mr. Warwick, and I assumed that we were going to advertise for the job, accept applications, interview candidates, and if the board could not find a better candidate than Mr. Warwick, we would hire him. That was the furthest thing from the truth. 
Mr. LaBarbera and Mr. James already had cooked up a backroom plan to bypass the transparent process of advertising and interviewing and go directly to hiring Mr. Work. Now you may hear my fellow two trustees suggest that Mr. Mr. Bick, we move Mr. Bickford from assistant administrator to the administrator position. We did not interview for that job opening and they would be correct. Your board of trustees considered that an internal promotion because we found such value in Mr. Bickford and his extensive experience and knowledge of the inner workings of the township. And for the record, I believe we advertised and interviewed for an, an open administrative position every time we did not have an internal candidate. Hiring from, from within is very common in both the public and the private sector. At the emergency meeting on the morning of January 2nd, where this all took place, I voted no on the separation agreement and no, uh, and no to hire Mr. Warwick. In my comments to explain my no vote on Mr. Warwick, I specifically stated there was nothing against Mr. Warwick, but over the years, I would, ask to be, I would ask, be asked to make informed decisions about many things in the township. My response has always been, and let me quote this, do not ask me to make informed decisions without all the information. End of quote. Everyone who has known me in this township for 26 years has heard me say that multiple, multiple times. When I mentioned in that emergency morning meeting on January 2nd that I never saw Mr. Warwick's resume, Mr. James replied that he had the resume for quite some time. In fact, he said he had it in his folder when we had lunch on December 12th, and he didn't give it to me because, quote, you didn't ask. This is the same guy that ran on putting, quote, trust back in trust, into trustee. I will leave you, the residents, to decide how, untrustworthy, how trustworthy Mr. James is after that totally untrustworthy.